Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint Edwards, and I'll be your host today. Thanks for joining me. I mentioned in the last episode that we'd be getting into today a little bit about the Sheel Alpen, or the seed or, or posterity of, of Alpen. And who is the Alpen, and who are his posterity, and what did we already cover about it last time? We'll go over that a little bit. I have just come to the realization that there is no way I'm going to have enough time in where I try to, I try to keep these episodes to roughly a half hour. Two episodes of that ago, in episode 29, I grossly went past my tentative time limit on that. The last episode, in episode 30, I did a little bit better on that. It was in like the right around the 40-minute mark, and... Yeah, I'd like to not do hour-long episodes, and I don't know. Tell me what you think. How long should these episodes be? If they're hour-long episodes, I would have to cut back to doing them only maybe once every two weeks. So part of this depends on how often you think these should be coming out. I've been trying to hit either the week or week and a half. I've gone back and forth since the creation of the podcast on those two, but I've been able to keep it really close to in those two. Now, just a little note on releasing podcasts for the near future. I did mention this last in the last episode. I am going to have an adventure coming up in the next little little bit, and so it will preclude me from being able to record podcasts and publish them. I think. I think. I don't know for sure. I've never done what I'm about to do. I'll tell you more about it on the other side. But if something doesn't come out next week then don't be shocked. I haven't given up podcasting. There's more episodes to come. In fact, there's got to be a part two to what I'm going to do today because like I was starting to say earlier, I am just under the realization that there's no way we're going to get through everything that I wanted to cover on this topic within the time, the tentative of that, that half hour mark that I try to shoot for even though I often go over. So, Today, let's talk about the Sheel Alpen. This is a clan clusters episode. We're talking about groups that were connected either through real or perceived kinship or had just bonded together for mutual advantage. Uh, one of these episodes sometime, and this will be kind of a, in, the, in these one of these episodes in the future that I'm brainstorming, it'll have to be kind of a nerdy, scholarly type of a, uh, an episode, which... I'm me myself have no problems with, but I know some of you tune in for the good stories, and that's kind of at what level you're ready to take this. So, if in the future I do one that I'm thinking of, it'd be on the bonds of friendship or bonds of man rent. These were formal agreements and relationships, legally binding relationships that different clans, clan chiefs would go into. Once again, either well, usually it was for mutual, some kind of mutual benefit. Now, often the relationship between the two clans was not equal. There's a senior partner and a, and a junior partner, or superior and inferior, however you want to look at it. But they would enter into these, these agreements, and they would oftentimes agree to, to not, like sometimes they'd agree to not fight. They'd, they would side with each other over everybody else except for the king. If the king got involved, then they'd have to side with the king no matter what. And so, and keep in mind, these are legally, these are not the 
Ones are just going into word of mouth, entering into these are usually in the 1500s formal agreements. Now, how does that have to do? I'm not getting off on as big of a tangent as you think I'm getting off on right now because the when we talk about the Shiel Alp and the, the bonds of man rent and bonds of friendship come into the picture, but they might be that might be for the, the follow-on episode, part two of this. So Shiel Alp, and let's talk about that. Shiel, S-I-O-L, Sierra, India, Oscar, Lima. In Gaelic, that refers to the seed, so Shiel Alpen, the seed or the posterity, the li- literal descendants of Alpen. Well, who's Alpen? Well, this is kind of interesting. This is an interesting topic here. So usually what that means, and in this case, what it what it very much does mean is Alpin, the father of Kenneth MacAlpin, who was in the contemporary sources regarded as king of the Picts. Now, this is kind of an interesting, like I said, it's an interesting topic. If you go to scotsman.com, there's an article on there and it doesn't say who who was a specific author. I, I'm guessing it was whoever's running this website. It says first the, the article is first king of the Scots. Actually he was a Pict. And this is on this is written on second October two thousand four. Now this article was relating something that this person had studied from Alex Wolf, who I've mentioned on this pod on this podcast before. Alex Wolf wrote a book which I'd have I've had the opportunity to read through. It's called From Pictland to Alaba, Scotland, 789 to the year 1070. So the years in those years. That's the name of the book. From Pictland to Alaba, Scotland, 789 to 1070. And so Alex Wolf points to evidence that Kenneth Kenneth MacAlpin, the son of the Alpin in question here, and his father were actually Picts. And so I'll just mention a few points from this article, well, from Alex Wolf via this article. And it says, all contemporary sources call him, quote, king of the Picts, unquote, as well as the four kings that succeed him. So that's interesting. None of them call him king of the Scots, king of Dalrieta. Also, Kenneth which in the Gaelic would be more like Koenig, and Alpen were Pictish names. And one more argument that Alex Wolf makes is the first reference to a victory of the Scots over the Picts comes 400 years later. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, back that far, the mid-800s is when Kenneth McAlpin was living. They, you know, well, maybe they didn't have as good of records. Yeah, you're right. As compared to the 1800s, there wasn't as good as records, but, or even the 1500s, there were annals being written. And you'll see the names of these annals come up. And and these are your primary sources when you're going to go back this far. I haven't got into them too much on this episode or on this podcast because it's discussing uh, concepts, discussing history from prior to the the area where most of the stuff we talk about on this podcast come from. We focus in this podcast mostly somewhere between the 1200s and the 1700s. And those those annals, they go up maybe at their latest to the 10 or 1100s. It's different depending on which ones. Off the top of my head, which ones are these? Are the annals of Tiernach, the annals of Ulster, the there's there's a lot of them that were actually written in Ireland, but they did include because because a chunk of Scotland was a cultural, 
con there's cultural continuity between the Gaelic-speaking areas of Scotland and Ireland, and they, um, in the case of even just go back to Dalriada, the Gaelic-speaking kingdom of early, well, before it was Scotland, of early Northern Britain, Dalriada stretched. On, it was existed at least for some time on both sides of the, the on both in Ireland and in Scotland there. So, so there were records coming from back then, and so Alex Wolf does have some things to go back on and, and in none of those contemporary sources is he referred to as King of Scots. It's always King of Picts and so his argument there is that the narrative it, coming from people who want to emphasize their their Gallic Irish roots to include Robert the Bruce his on his mother's side and the declaration of Arbroath which came shortly after Scottish independence in the early 1300s they, they, they emphasize the Gallic origin, the Gallic-Irish origin of this, these ruling families. And Alex Wolfe's argument here is actually there is not a clear takeover of the Picts in fact, by the Gallic-speaking Scots. He says, in fact, what probably happened is the, the Gallic speakers became culturally dominant, but what you have is a very strong continuity from earlier Pictish dynasties that go up into this Kenneth McAlpin and his father Alpin are part of these earlier Pictish dynasties that have have intermarried with the ruling Dalriada dynasties and but it's not a takeover of one people over another and so these are still kings of the Picts Although they, by this time, or maybe really soon after this, they are speaking Gaelic. They're Pictish people who have, there's been a language shift, okay? So maybe, well, the Normans, that'd be maybe not a very accurate analogy. But anyway, you, you get the idea. Ken, Kenneth McAlpin and Alpin, his father, so says Alex Wolf, were probably Picts. So there you go. And so that's relevant if you are from this Sheil Alpin, the descendants of Alpin, and you actually believe that there is a connection. Now, in this episode, I'm not making an argument there wasn't. We'll, we'll get into what I will claim about this later on. Okay. the There were seven different clans that were included in this group of clans that we would recognize them today. You know, there's been kin groups all along, but often we wouldn't recognize these today. They're not surnames that our neighbors or even ourselves or our grandparents on what, through whatever line. These are not names that we're familiar with today, there, but there's always been these kin groups. The kin groups that we would recognize today, there's seven of them that claim to go back through and all connect up with Alpin through different different ways. If you look at the Wikipedia article on this, it's got a picture of a pedigree chart showing these connections. Once again, and if you want to know my feelings on Wikipedia, go back and check the episode out on sources so that I don't have to go over all of it right now. I do th think Wikipedia has its value and a place in some research, but it has a very specific place doing a specific function and not in others. Um, I did use Wikipedia for this episode. However, I was really checking those sources. And they were about the same sources that you see a lot. And I did discuss those sources as well, like the, Co the Collins Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia. That one was mentioned all through there. And actually, if you want to know what I think about that one, it's, it's also back in those two episodes on sources and problem with sources. And also, I'm using 
some of the clan's web pages, their own web pages. What do these guys actually say about themselves, and what theories or traditions do they accept to be true for them? So, <clears throat> I'm going to start off. Well, let me tell you what seven clans claim descent from Alpen. The first and one that I'm going to cover today are the Grants. Also, you have the McKinnons, the McGregors, the McNabs, the McAllies, the McQuarries, and the McFees. Now, this is interesting because, to me, as I look at these, this list as a whole, these clans do not all come from the same neighborhood. All right, just as I'll go down really quickly through, the Grants are, and I'll go into more, of this, more detail on this when I talk about them specifically, which I'm going to, the Grants are established early in the Inverness area, and and then later on in the Strath Spay, that, that's a Strath is a river valley, and so it, where would this be? This is if you know where if you can find Inverness on a map, this is southeast of there. So kind of we're getting into the Eastern Highlands. All right, now the McNabs I mentioned them in the last episode against the McNishes, and the, the McNabs are in the south southeast. They're not bordering the Grants. They're, yeah, anyway, they're farther south. You, you really have to, often with these episodes, you're going to have to get a map and kind of look at them. Fortunately, there's a lot of resources, and it's easy to find. So that's the McNabs. The McGregors, they start off on the western highlands near the coast in, up, up in um, the head of Lockaw. No, not Lockaw. Yeah, yeah, the head of Lockaw. So you have at the head where the Campbells built Kilkern Castle. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of that strath there that the... the uh, I'll remember it in a, bit, in a little bit. Anyway, we're on the west... near, near not right on the west coast, but near the west coast of, of the highlands. So that's where the McGregors start off. Now, if you want to go back to my episode where I discussed the alliance between the the uh, the McGregors and the McFarlands. I go into more detail about the origin of the McGregors. So you have the Grants in the East Highlands. You have the McNabs in the Southeast Highlands. You have the McGregors who start off on the well, near the West Coast, not right on the West Coast, but in that that ballpark. But they would later expect they would push farther east and establish themselves in Glen Lyon and. Um, Glen Lyon and uh, right, the, right on the eastern, northeastern shore of Loch Lomond. All right, that that Glen that I was trying to remember with the McGregors, it was Glen Stray. So that's over on the west coast, and you have the McGregors pushing east. Okay, so you're, you're kind of develop this already. We're starting to to spread out quite a bit with these with these different clans. The McKinnons, now the McKinnons, they actually become one of the major clans of the Isles, especially under the Lordship of the Isles. In fact, I was trying to do some research on them, and and during the time of the Lordship, you really can't find a lot on them because their history is tied up with the McDonald's. And so within the Isles, specifically, the McKinnons, they do have, and I think they may have started out in Mull, which is kind of, if you're looking north to south in the middle, it's in the inner Hebrides. But then they eventually become really established up on the southeastern portion of the Isle of Skye. When you, let's see, we've got, that gives us Clan Grant, Clan Gregor, the McAuleys, the McAuleys of Arden Capel. 
So if you know where Loch Lomond is in Scotland, the Macaulays are to the southwest of that. They border on the Cahoons, the Cal- Calhouns, Cahoons. I've heard a couple different ways. I've actually heard a couple of different ways of pronouncing it from Scotsmen. So, you know, you can take that for, I don't know, how do you, if you're, a, are you listening to this and you're a, a Calhoun? Do you know, do you know how, the, how do you pronounce it? Anyway, over in America, a lot of people just drop out that Q that's in it and they just, you have Calhoun and Cahoon and anyway, so the Macaulays border them. So we're talking about Southwest Highlands, even kind of moving out of the Highlands, but, and just down river as you're getting into the Firth of Clyde and pushing out along that way on the north side. There's where the Macaulays are. And so, man, we're still, we're, like, nobody's territory is even touching each other. You have the Macquarie's of Ulva, which is a, a small isle in the Inner Hebrides, and then you have the McPhee's of Collinsey also. And so, yeah, and, and while the Macquarie's, the McPhee's, and the McKinnons are all Hebrides clans, Hebridians, they, none, none of them are really, I don't know, for a group of, I, I guess I'm, maybe I'm comparing in my head to Clan Hatton. Clan Hatton, yeah, were they all touching each other? No, they weren't, but they kind of, yeah, they kind of are all, they're, they're more consolidated geographically than Sheel Alpen. Sheel Alpen's all over the place. But also, as we'll talk about here, Clan Hatton had a more, immediate and solid connection to each other. They, they're not tracing their connection clear back to the mid-800s. So maybe there's that. So let's talk about the, the legitimacy of the connection between these different clans. Were they really were they were they really all descended from Alpin? Well let's we've we've talked about we've talked about the McGregors and I just I discussed this in that episode about the alliance between the McFarlands and the McGregors. I discussed... So you have the works of Dr. Martin McGregor. And he's his his PhD thesis on this subject, the, the origins of his own... I'm, I'm assuming it's his own ancestors, as he is a McGregor. Um, he does a, his PhD thesis on... You know the the hist- anyway. I'm not going to go deep into that. He talks a lot about the origins of his clan, and he's actually re- he says really the farthest back you can no kidding go is and with any kind of reliability is the late 1200s. And I don't have the exactly what page number of it or the title of that, but I've mentioned it before. If you want to go back to the McFarland and McGregor Alliance episode, you can go back to there. So you have. You have this prominent scholar in this field that really doubts that the McGregor lineage is solid, or or at least okay. Let me not put words in his mouth. He's at least saying that the connection is not solidly built back to back to Alpin. Now that leads us back. So what's our source for this? Really, it's it's clan lore, oral tradition. Now, am I saying that that is worthless as a source? I am not saying that it's worthless as a source, because when you got a people who are not writing a lot of people a lot of things down, well, how are they going to re- record it, or how are they going to preserve these? Well, they're going to use word of mouth, or right? there's going to be legends and tales and things. Now, do I, on the other hand, so I don't think the tr- the oral traditions and clan lore, I don't think it's worthless. There's value in it. Do I think we should accept it at face value? Absolutely not. 
and we want to take a critical eye and maybe we want to identify what we do know and what we don't know. So what we do know is that you have, a, what I do know, is that there's a prominent Scottish professor on this subject writing and is having a really hard time finding anything solid getting the McGregors back to Alpen. And if that's true for the McGregors, can any of the other clans of Sheil Alpen provide a strong, strong connection? Have we done the scholarly work? And that's one of the problems is we haven't done the scholarly work. The work that I've seen Dr. McGregor do on the McGregors, that I've seen Dr. McKinnick do on the McKenzies, that I've seen Allison Cathcart do on the McIntoshes and Clan Hatton, that kind of work, it is a shame that that every clan does not have somebody within it who is that well-versed and well-trained as, as an historian and is writing on behalf of that clan. It's, it's a huge blessing. So if you're a McGregor, if you're a McIntosh or a McKenzie or maybe just a small handful of others, and you have somebody in your clan that has attained this level of discipline in writing and scholarship, and is writing for your clan. Wow, that is such a blessing. And so, anyway, it's really it's getting really hard to, to prove that these clans actually go back to Alpen. Now, so let me talk about the grants for just a second. I talked about last episode, I gave us a short lead-in into the origin of the grants. And I, I mentioned a, a couple things, but let me just go into a little bit more detail. My, my goal here is not to give you of the seven clans that make up Shiel Alpen an exhaustive history of each one. First of all, I'd take too long. Second of all, a lot of the stuff you can find pretty, like whatever I found, a lot of it I found online. Do I have some good scholarly hard copy stuff that I reach back to? Yes, and you've heard me describe which ones those are. And if you didn't... If you didn't, not sure, and you're just joining us, you haven't heard those previous episodes. I encourage you to go back and look at those. If you have further questions on what I'm not just pulling off of open searches on the internet, uh, maybe ask me, and I'll, maybe I can go over a little bit more of my sources in, the, in response to some of your questions if you'd like to do that. But in just open sources, you can find out quite a lot. You can go to the clan, like I mentioned earlier, the clan actual official web pages, and you can pull off information from there. And that's actually for the grants. That's one of the things I did for the grants. So there's different origin theories about the grants. One of them says that they are Normans. And why do people assume that the grants are Normans? As far as everything I've been able to read, the I don't... The people are assuming that the grants are Norman in origin because we see the epithet or the nickname to their early forebears is quote-unquote Le Grand, the French for the great, right? And Le Grand becomes grand or and then becomes grant, and now we've got clan grant. <clears throat> Here's what I didn't see. See, for a lot of our Norman clans, and I have discussed this at length on this podcast, for a lot of our Norman clans, we, we can trace it right back. We can watch the family come from Normandy into England, into Scotland with either David I, Malcolm Canmore, one of those kings that were really friendly with the Normans and, and invited a lot of them in, like the Stuarts. You know, and you can go back to that episode, the clan cluster on the Stuarts. Of, of a recent episode. The Stuarts, we've got all the names accounted for coming into Scotland. 
before Scotland. They, they take them clear back to Dole in Brittany. So there's that. The grants, you can't do that. You just have a French title or, or nickname for the earliest grants on record. And then we assume, oh, they, used, they were using French Normans. Too easy. Well, I don't know. First of all, for a period of time in Scotland and England, the Norman thing was really popular. In England, they're the ruling class. In Scotland, you never had a Norman ruling class. I mean, you eventually you get the Stuarts, who are the ruling dynasty, and they are Norman in origin, kind of. Brittany, once again, I'm not sure whether they're actual native Bretons or they were Normans who were living on the the Brittany side of the line in northern France. I'm not really sure which one the Stuarts were. But th they were very Scotticized, if that's even a word, by the time they take power there. So they're not, you wouldn't call them a Norman family. They were Norman in origin. And so, but it was cool in Scotland to use Norman, use French stuff. So how possible is it that the Grants were which you can't find a solid connection back to a Norman forebearer. Is it possible that they were a native Gallic family of some stature, granted the sheriffdom of Inverness in the 1200s, and because it's cool to use French, you see them going by Legrand, especially in the records. I don't know. There's a there's a theory on the grants now. That theory might open up a possible descent from the early, the early ruling families of what would become Alaba and became known as Scotland. So there's your, there's a there's a possibility. It, do I think that it's now when I mentioned the problem with McGregor's and even Doctor McGregor doesn't see this line very well attested back farther than the late 1200s? Am I saying that these clans are not indeed descended from Alpin? No, I'm just saying that's what the claim is that they are. We can't prove it with documentary evidence, but that doesn't mean it's not true. It just means we can't really prove it. So the Grants, is it possible that they actually do descend from the House of Alpin and some offshoot of it ends up... I mean, it's I've, we've already detailed clans where that's totally possible. You've got the Macintoshes who are descended from a Shaw Macduff and the Macduffs are the premier Mormares, later Earls of Scotland, the Macduff Earls of Fife. And the Macduffs are... You can go back to that episode on uh, on Clan Hatton. The Macduffs are uh, they're descended from the royal house, just maybe a a few generations down the family tree from Kenneth McDownstream from Kenneth McAlpin. And so, so there you have the Macintoshes who and the Mac, well, yeah, the Macintoshes specifically, and some of the other clans that broke off that are established in the vicinity of the Grants actually, and do come from those early. Dalriada slash Pictish ruling families. So it's not a crazy thing. We just can't prove it very well. And so there's the grants. And I talked a little bit about the, the origin and the possibility. Let's see. They were in the right vicinity. These Legrand, they're in the right vicinity. They were granted the sheriffdom of Inverness. All right. So the grants, like I, I just had to take a, a short break right there. 
So the grants, they get awarded the sheriffdom of Inverness in the 1200s. Now, an interesting thing about the grants, this is one thing that I've been digging into a lot lately. The grants, you, they come to power, they gain some position, at least the founding members of the kindred do in the 1200s. Now, what I've, the thing that I've looked a lot at is power in Scotland before the War of Independence and Robert the Bruce and all that, before and after. There is such a big change in hands of who owns Scotland, the ruling families. It, it is such a big deal. And I've talked about it. I've referenced it in earlier episodes with the McDougals and the Cummins and maybe a few other groups, but it's such a big deal. So why do the grants hold on to theirs? Because they backed the right party. And by the right one, I don't mean the morally right party. I don't mean the stronger claim. I mean the one that won. The grants backed Bruce and he confirms their territory so they go on to be a big deal. They, they, they continue, unlike a lot of the clans that didn't back Bruce, who had a lot of power before the War of Independence. Okay, so there's the grants. That's really, like I told you, I'm going to try to keep it close to this half-hour mark. So, we just, so just to, to recap what we discussed today, we talked about Sheil Alpin. We talked about who Alpin and his son Kenneth may have really been. We use refer to Alex Wolf's argument that they were actually Picts who may or may not have spoken Gallic as their primary language, <clears throat> but were still, re still regarded as Picts, and we see the continuity of the Pictish royal family proceeding on from there. Um, so we talked about the origin with Alpin and his son. We talked about the different clans. We mentioned who they were, the seven different kindreds. Once again, that's the McGregors, the McCallies of Arden Capel, the Grants, the McKinnons, the McPhees, the McNabs, and the McQuarries. Now, we only went into detail about the Grants. We got into a little bit of detail on the McGregors. I've already discussed them at length. And so I think in part two, we're going to discuss the other clans that were a part of this, just maybe in a very lightly touch on their backgrounds and their origins, where they come from. We're not going to get into the later histories and what side of the War of the Three Kingdoms were they on. Were they Jacobites or Hanoverian backing clans? We won't. We won't get into all that. You can find out that pretty easy, just on the internet. What we will get, we'll talk about origins mostly, and we'll also talk about some things that are interesting that these clans do, the bonds of friendship and manrent that they do, and the perceived connection that these clans really did have with each other. We're going to discuss that in the next episode. So if you were waiting and you're like, oh, when's he going to get to the Macquarie's? I will next time. Once again, next time might be in a couple weeks, depending on the time that I have and the technological access that I have in this little adventure I'm going on. So anyway, thank you for joining me today. If you want to continue the conversation, you want to make sure I bring something up in the next episode. If you've got another follow-on question or anything to continue the conversation, go to facebook.com forward slash clans of Scotland or go to iTunes and leave me a review. Give me a rating and leave me a review on there. Go to Spotify and give me a review, go to, I don't know, where else am I? The Podbean. The Podbean app, you can go on that, or you can just go to podbean.com. 
So go to those different, those are the different forums that we can continue this discussion offline. And if you've been listening to previous episodes, I have brought some of those discussions into the recording of new episodes. So, and, and I, by the way, for all you who have participated in this discussion outside of the podcast, you've reached out and you've we struck up a dialogue. I, I really appreciate it. I didn't bring up any of it today for this topic, but don't stop reaching out. So I'm grateful for you. I hope you have a great day, and I hope you'll join me next time to finish our discussion on the Sheel Alpen. Have a great day.